Welcome to the Gospel for Life. We have four Treasure Valley pastors committed to showing that the gospel is not just for that religious part of your life, but rather it's for all of life. You never graduate from the gospel. I'm Josh Bales, pastor of the Well Church, here with Russell Herman, pastor at Cloverdale United Reformed Church, Phil Moran, pastor at Christ Presbyterian Church, and Jonathan Van Hoogen, pastor at Spring United Reformed Church. Now, if you'd like to find out more about us or catch past broadcasts or get information about our annual conference, you can find us at ReformationVoice.com. All right, welcome back to the show today. If you've been with us, we just started a short series yesterday on the means of grace, or or you could call them the spiritual disciplines. And uh, like I said yesterday in the show, you know, this show is called the Gospel for Life, and and what that means is that the gospel doesn't apply to just part of our life, but it applies to all of our life. So if you've been listening for any length of time, you know that we address issues like critical race theory, things things that are happening in culture. We'll, we'll talk about politics. We'll talk about um, things that are happening in our churches. We'll talk about theology, and we'll talk about um, individual holiness. And that's kind of the series that we're on right now. How can I, as a Christian, engage with God and engage with my my church and the world in a, on a more meaningful level? And just to tie back to yesterday's topic on reading God's Word, we could either mention it then or today, and I, we're choosing to mention it today, that one of the key components to the study of God's Word is prayer yeah um, and vice versa you know in order to pray well you have to read well yeah. and you you have to read god's word well so that you know the very things that you ought to be praying about and how to address god so actually the, it's the study of the word of god that motivates prayer and vice versa there they they have a corresponding relationship mm-hmm. and and quite honestly the they, they should kind of flow together. Mm-hmm. Um, there might not be some distinct, well, this is when I'm reading God's Word, this is when I'm praying. It's not only okay, I, I think it's actually advantageous to say that as you're reading, you're praying, and as you're praying, you're reading, that they're yeah. kind of interwoven one to the next. And I well, think... They say this about you know worship, you know, that we, we sing God's Word, we pray God's Word, we read God's Word. Uh, we preach God's word, mm-hmm. you know. So they're all uh, they all fit together. So uh, I I would definitely ag- agree with you, Russ, on this. And I hope we don't have to make a defense for the need for prayer. I think sometimes people will say, "Well, God's in control of all things. He He sovereignly governs over His world, all things. Um, he's Lord over all. So why am I praying? It's not. I mean, I'm not going to change God's mind. So why bother?" Right away, that betrays a, a different end that, yep. that prayer has in view. God doesn't need us to inform him of something. He doesn't need us to persuade his will as if we're more compassionate than him. He actually wants to commune with us. Well, it's interesting. When Jesus taught on prayer, he didn't say, here, let me start with with the reasons why you need to pray. Mm-hmm. He simply said, when, when you, you pray. pray. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And his uh, his underlying assumption is, well, of course you're going to pray. Yeah. Prayer is the natural heartbeat of the child of God. And so I think we take a lesson from Jesus spent <laughs> moments in prayer. If yeah. the eternal Son of God, as he lived on earth, needed to commune with his heavenly Father, yeah. I mean, why would we think that we don't? 
But maybe we could give some. So on 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 the piggyback of that, we could give some motivations for prayer. Yeah, there are promises that are attached to commands to pray in Scripture. So immediately preceding that that verse you just read, Jesus says, you know, don't pray like the hypocrites who heap up you know words in order to be seen by men. But but what he says is, but do this when you pray, go into your room, shut the door, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. So there's reward, and, and I tend to think that the reward that, that Jesus is talking about there is the reward of knowing the Father more, knowing the Son more, knowing the Spirit more. I don't think he's talking necessarily about materialistic things. He's talking about a spiritual reward. So there's a well, great What is promise. the greatest reward? To know God. It's God himself. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And what does prayer allow us to do? commune with the triune God. So there's a promise right there attached to Scripture. If you pray, Jesus is telling you, you will be rewarded. Maybe one more promise, James 4, 8. Uh, if uh, Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. I, mm-hmm. I use these all the time to, to ignite my heart to want to mm-hmm. pray because I need to be motivated to pray. Well, the Psalms themselves are uh, in a large part prayer. And I I think that one of the things that we get wrong, we we get wrong our own motivation to pray. And I've said before that oftentimes our prayers are 3D, dinner, distress, and desire. You know, those are the things that we actually go to the Lord about. And and then when we do hear about prayers spoken of in the way we are doing it, about this intimate relationship with God, praying His Word, understanding Him, and that we can feel rather guilty because we know that that's not been how we've been doing it. Prayer is one of those subjects that if you were to ask anyone in this room or any Christian, do you pray enough, they would say no. Yeah. I mean, we realize um, you know, this is this is a bottomless. Uh, this is bottomless. This is infinite. You know, we can we can go to the Lord for any number of things, and that's why it's important that we actually pray His Word because that helps put the right thoughts into our head. That you know gives us a, a vocabulary. You know, prayer is about you know when we repent of our sins, we we pray. Nobody repents enough either. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. uh, Martin Luther said, "All of life is in repentance." So. This gives us a language to see ourselves and see God. So the and the, the Bible does that. We were talking yesterday about the word of God. You know, the two things that are going to be made clear to us are things about God and things about ourselves and that gives us the vocabulary to address God, you know, in his attributes and also to ask God to transform our life in what we're seeing about our life from scripture. I think sometimes we just forget the great privilege it is to be able to pray. We have this imb- an incredible ability to turn it into a duty. Like, I have to pray. Well, no, you, you get to. Mm-hmm. You, you get to call God your Father. I mean, that's the, in those, you know, Matthew 5, 6, and 7, the incredible dynamic of those chapters is the fatherhood of God. And Jesus is saying, when you pray, when you go to your fa- the Father in heaven, what a privilege. The author of the Hebrews will, will say, Since then we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus the Son of God. Let us hold fast our confession, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weakness, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us then with 
confidence, draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in our time of need. So we're graciously allowed to go to our Heavenly Father. Why? Because that's a means by which we're given the grace that we need for the moments of our life. Um, And it's because our Father loves his children and desires to give good gifts to his children. Yeah, I think, um, you know, you guys are aware of that acronym ACTS, you know, Adoration, Confession, Confession. Thanksgiving, Supplication. I think what you said, Jonathan, about the 3D prayers, the dinner, the distress and desire, uh, I think that's the the pattern that we fall into. I think that's the easiest pattern to fall into. Um, C.S. Lewis made an interesting observation about when we we make praise to God or anything else. You know, he says, um, the world rings with praise, lovers praising their mistresses, readers their favorite poet, walkers praising the countryside, players their favorite game, etc. And, and I had not noticed that just as men spontaneously praise whatever they value, they also spontaneously urge us to join them in praising it. He, he goes on, but the, the point that C.S. Lewis is, mm-hmm. is making is that praise is joy overflowing out of the heart. I think one of the secrets to prayer is abound with thanksgiving. Start declaring God's attributes. God, you are infinite. You are mm-hmm. eternal. And, and pause on each one of them and maybe think about how is God eternal? What does that mean? God, you are unchanging. Uh, God, you are wise. God, you are holy. And mm-hmm. when, you, when, you, when you overflow with thanksgiving like that, what happens is that your joy begins to build as you declare God's perfections back to him. And, and I think that if that's, I think that's the beating heart of prayer. Right. If we go to God in prayer and just give him a laundry list of things, it, he does want to hear those things. Jesus right, made sure. it clear, you know, pray for your daily bread. But it begins with hallowed and, be and your usually, name. And usually when we're praying the Lord's Prayer, that's when we pick up to give us that all of a sudden we intensify our our, our prayer in, in that area of supplication. I, I think, um, you know, Russ and I are both part of the United Reformed Church, and, uh, you know, one of our confessional documents is the Heidelberg Catechism. And the, the Catechism uh, gives us an answer why Christians need to pray. It says, prayer is the most important part of thankfulness that God requires of us, and also because God gives His grace and Holy Spirit only to those who pray continually and groan inwardly, asking God for these gifts and thanking Him. The question, how does God want us to pray so that he'll listen to us? First, we must pray from the heart to no other than the one true God who has revealed himself in his word, asking for everything that he's commanded us to ask. So we can ask. You know, we, we're, we're commanded to ask God for certain things. Second, we must acknowledge our need and misery, hiding nothing and humble ourselves in his majestic presence. Third, we must rest on this unshakable foundation. Even though we do not deserve it, God will surely listen to our prayer because of Christ our Lord. That is what he's promised to us in his word. So when we go, we're not not somehow, uh, you know, banging on the door asking to be let in. He's he's opened that way of access through through Jesus Christ. We have access to the Holy of Holies. You know, he's seated at the right hand of God. We have a mediator, Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit to make those requests through. You should be a preacher. You're really good at this. Sorry. Sorry, you're really encouraging my heart here. So to attach Jonathan to what um, Josh was saying earlier, sometimes for me it's helpful when I'm bringing my supplications to the Lord to attach them to 
who God is in his character. Mm. So I'll say, I come to you because I know that you're my gracious heavenly father who wants to give good gifts to his children. Mm. I come to you because I know you're, you're, you're faithful and loving and kind and merciful. I come to you because not because I deserve it, but because you're willing. Mm-hmm. I come to you because you're a God of infinite wisdom and knowledge. And so I ask my request, but submit to your, your perfect will. I come to you because I not only know that you care, but that you have the power to accomplish mm-hmm. your good mm-hmm. purposes in Amen. my life. So if, if you sometimes struggle with, it feels like I'm always asking Try taking your askings and attach them to God's character. Mm-hmm. And to me, it helps with a spirit of submission that mm-hmm. at the end of the day, I know who I'm coming to and I can leave it there and say, your will be done because I trust you. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's the fascinating thing about what you just did is that you're not telling God anything new. No. It, 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 and and your joy is starting to to bubble up like a like a pot that's boiling mm-hmm. th- with each sentence that you say. Um, and so you're overflowing with praise, and at the same time, your own spirit is building built up. It's, it's such a marvelous thing. Was you, it, I was going to say, what was John Newton said? You are coming to a king, large petitions to him bring. You know, we can go to him with everything. Amen. Amen. Well, you've been listening to the Gospel for Life. Please check out ReformationBoise.com. You can register for our upcoming Boise Reformation Conference, September 17th and 18th, this uh, later this fall. So hopefully we will see you.